episode 148 of Monster Kid Radio, the podcast where we celebrate the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I am your host, writer, producer, Derek M. Cook, and we're opening up this episode of Monster Kid Radio with the song, Oh No! More Bats! It's by the band Aaron and the Burrs. It's on their EP, Release the Bats. You can find them over at their website, aaronandtheburrs.bandcamp.com, or Follow the link in the show notes over at monsterkidradio.net, which is where you're going to find everything you need to know about Monster Kid Radio between episodes. Here is where you're going to find links to everything we've got going on, like our Facebook group, our Live 365 internet radio station, and our contact information. Our contact information, email address, monsterkidradio at gmail.com. And our voicemail line is 503 479 5657. 503 479 5M. You're also going to find a link to our Patreon page where you can become a patron of Monster Kid Radio and help support the show like Scott and Tracy Morris. They are patrons of ours. Really appreciate you helping us out. You can find them over at DisneyIndiana.com. On this episode of Monster Kid Radio, I'm going back in time, back to a happier time, back to October, Halloween season. Monster Kid Radio crashed the Hollywood Theater for their Hammer Films double feature. It was part of their Grindhouse Night, and we saw Twins of Evil and Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed. A Hammer Films, a Peter Cushing double feature, and wow, it was totally worth dragging myself to work the next day. Staying up late Tuesday night watching these two movies. 35mm print, and I wasn't alone. That's right. Chris McMillan is on the show again this time around. When he wasn't busting his hump, updating his website over at The Shadow over Portland, he was going to the Hollywood Theater and watching these monster movies during the month of October as well. He was there. He was not the only person there that you're going to hear on this episode of Monster Kid Radio. I met, in person, another Portland-area podcaster, a guy by the name of Scott Woodard. He's involved with three different podcasts here in town got him on mic as well chris had never seen you know what i don't want to spoil it why don't we just go ahead and get right to our recordings from the hollywood theater right after this Hey, comic book fans, I'm Joe Stuber, producer and host of Comic Book Central, where each and every week I welcome a legendary talent to the Comic Book Central lair to talk about bringing comic books to life. Greetings, true believers. This is Stan Lee. When do you think the Academy is going to wise up and create a special Oscar category for best cameo? I don't know. They're just asleep on their feet. Maybe your show, maybe this interview will be the turning point. She is Erin Gray. Erin, welcome to the show. I ended up being a contract player making, I think it was $600 a week. Gil was doing great. He was making the big bucks. You got the posters, though. You got <laughs> yes. the posters. Come I on. look better in white spandex. What can I say? <laughs> hey, this is Michael Rosenbaum. Lex Luthor from Smallville. Make sure you listen to this guy's show. Sounds like a good guy. People should listen to you, Joe. Catch the very latest episodes at the website, comicbookcentral.net. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, like it on Facebook, follow it on Twitter, and be sure to join me each and every week for Comic Book Central. This is Dean Kane, Superman from Lois and Clark, and you're listening to Comic Book... Comic Book... Comic Book Central. Where comic books come to life. Excelsior. Journey into double terror with the late night double feature. With X, the fiend from beyond space, and the wall people. A 
crew of interstellar explorers must fight an unstoppable alien fiend from beyond space, hell-bent on consuming them all. Will they survive? Can they survive? And on the same program, a man must fight to save his only child from the clutches of strange invaders who use their advanced technologies to steal sleeping children through their bedroom walls. Are your children safe? Two terrors to tear you apart in the late night double feature. Hey guys, I'm here at the Hollywood Theater getting ready for the double feature. Twins of Evil, Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed, Monster Kid Radio, Crash Style. Already met up with somebody that I've never met in person. I've talked to him online a little bit. It's Scott Woodard from the G2V podcast. Ran into him, and there's a possibility we're going to talk to him after the movie or at some point, maybe between the two films. I don't know what to expect here. I normally come to these grindhouse showings at the Hollywood when there's just one movie showing. This is a double feature. I don't know if they're going to take a break, intermission style, open up the concessions again. I'm not sure. I'm excited. I've got my energy drink, or at least I have access to an energy drink out there. So I'm in it for the long haul. I'm going to do both movies. Tomorrow is going to be a long day at work, but you know, it's Peter Cushing, it's Frankenstein, it's the twins. I'm on board. And I've seen both of these movies before. Covered Twins of Evil over at 1951 Down Place at one point uh, with Scott and Casey over at 1951downplace.com. You can find that. Frankenstein must be destroyed. We haven't covered over there, but I have seen it as well. I'm excited. 35mm print for these two movies, and I am hoping to run into a few other MKR regulars and maybe irregulars throughout the evening, and of course it will be a wrap-up from this crash after the film, if we're all awake and we can all, you know, form lucid, coherent thoughts afterwards, so big thanks to the Hollywood Theater for making this happen, man. Double feature Hammer Films. By the time you guys and gals hear this, it'll be after Halloween, but this is a wonderful Grindhouse edition for the Halloween season. Well, I was hoping I'd run into somebody, a familiar face, Chris McMillan, who's become a staple at the Hollywood Theater. Monster Kid Radio crashes. Chris, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Derek? I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Twins of Evil, Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed. This is the first time I've seen either one of these on the big screen. Not the first time I've seen a Hammer film on the big screen, but first time for this. Uh, I've seen these movies in the past. Have you seen both of them? I have not seen either. You're, you're kidding me. No, this is first time viewing for me. I can't wait. I don't know if you can hear this over the sound of the background and the music and the chatter, but my, that's, that clunking sound you heard a second ago, that was my jaw hitting the floor. <laughs> You've never seen Twins of Evil? No, I have not. Isn't that a shame? I almost feel like I should turn in my horror nerd card, but, you know, I'm here, 35 millimeter. I have to work at 6.30 tomorrow morning, but I'm here for both of them. So I'm really excited now. I, I mean, I hope you love the movie, but I'm stoked because it means that I get to talk to you, somebody who has just seen the movie for the first time after Twins of Evil. Are you willing to chat with me after the movie? Oh, of course. I, I love I love being on Monster Kid Radio. I love listening to it. You know, anytime I can talk on it, I'm there. <laughs> now, you've seen other Hammer films, though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, well, um, we saw, I saw, what, uh, Seven Golden Vampire? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I saw that one. I've seen other Hammer movies on DVD, but, you know, I mean, to see a movie like this for the first time on the big screen is just such a rare treat. 
and and Hammer has such a legacy and I never got to see them when I was a kid. They never showed up on TV out here in Portland, so I'm making up for lost time. <laughs> I hear you. They have a weird distribution history here in the States. Some of them are with Universal, some with Columbia. It's just kind of bizarre. So where you can see them, it's kind of hit and miss and scattershot, especially the franchise ones, the series, the Frankenstein films. Half of them are owned by so-and-so and whatever. It's a mess. So I'm excited to see both of these. I haven't seen Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed in a long time. Twins of Evil we covered on 1951 Down Place. So I think you're going to like it. Yeah, I remember listening to that, and I'm looking forward to that one. I mean... Um, it's isn't it one of the Karnstein films? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which I have no reference to. I have not seen a single one of those either. So this is going to be a big, big treat. Now, where is this in the Karnstein trilogy? First, second, or third? I think it's the first. Casey, my co-host at 1951 Down Place, would kill me if I got it wrong. But I think it's the first. He's a big fan of the Karnstein. So there's this one. There's. A couple others, but I'm pretty sure this is the first. Okay, well, cool. Doesn't matter. I'll see him out of order. I don't care. I just want to <laughs> see him. No problem. And, of course, Peter Cushing as Baron Von Frankenstein. Uh, yeah. Well, Cushing's in Twins of Evil, too. Oh, I know, I know. I can't wait for that because he's kind of a bad guy in this one, isn't he? <laughs> Well, he's a bad guy in Frankenstein, too. <laughs> this is true. Well, I'm stoked, man. I, I hope they start the movie here soon. I'm going to let you eat your popcorn, and you know we'll, we'll catch up after the movie. Most definitely. movie's over. What did you think, Chris? I really enjoyed it. I, I was having a hard time rooting for Peter Cushing, though, because he's <laughs> just so misguided. Um, the ending was kind of satisfying for his character's resolution, but eh, still. And I, I, I love the soundtrack. I mean, I've heard it on Monster Kid Radio, um, but it just seemed too heroic for them. You know, I mean, it, they're they're not really the good... Peter Cushing and his <laughs> men are not really the good guys in this. No, no. So, uh, a couple things. 
before we get too far into it, this was the third and final of the Karnstein films. Not the first, but the third. Double-checked that. Wanted to make sure I don't get called out on it. All right. And the music, it sounds very Western-like. It's like a Western. I was thinking the, the Magnificent Seven yes. almost. You know, yes. it was that sort of, you know, same rhythm and, and staccato sound mm-hmm. to it. Um, so I was like, wait, these guys aren't the good guys. You know? I mean, uh, they're burning innocent women at the stake and we're supposed to cheer. Oh, that was just creepy. Um, but, oh no, this great movie. I mean, you know, it kind of plays out. It's formulaic now, but it's still got enough energy and, and, and the, the story doesn't drag. It just keeps going and going and going. And you just keep, it keeps moving along, and there's enough to keep you going till the end. It's it's really a good one. It's going on my Amazon wish list. <laughs> <laughs> so this one comes along. It's the third in the Karnstein trilogy. Hammer's got all these Dracula films under their belt already. So the blood effects, the, the bite wounds and things like that look really good, and I thought the color was really good as well. Yeah, the only problem with the, with this print is it's kind of bleached out. I mean, yeah. the colors don't look as sharp. Um, but still, it's it's a nice print. Yeah, you could tell the effects got better. The beheading was pretty nice yes. for the time. Um, what really surprised me is, I mean, the twins were already had been in Playboy, and yet the director was really restrained in having them disrobe. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I mean, I was I was like figuring this was going to be nonstop cleavage, and it really wasn't, which was nice. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't. I'm sure these the twins were a marketing ploy. They wanted to, you know, you know, build on their fame, notoriety, whatever. But they showed really good restraint with with their use. And now, were they dubbed? I believe so. Uh, Hammer had a habit of dubbing, especially a lot of the female. Uh, performers in the films they dubbed a lot of them ingrid pitt got dubbed quite a bit now ingrid pitt was in the first karnstein film i believe it's the vampire lovers and she shows a lot yeah if it's anything like countess dracula i can only imagine um you know but but this was restrained i mean they they didn't go overboard with anything not even the gore effects which was really pretty nice um it, i i really liked it i thought it was a a fine hammer effort. I think so too. I think it's going to be the better of the two films we see tonight. Um, but it is stylish. Cushing is amazing. The music, I love the music as misplaced as it is sometimes. I love the music. Uh, I love the pacing. I love the direction. This print was a little bleached out, like you said. It's an old print and there are some audio issues and it's kind of popping a little bit. And I think there's a spider that keeps trying to pop into the movie because you that. see that on the screen every once yeah, in a while. It, up the, it would crawl up the screen and crawl down the screen and vanish <laughs> and then go up the screen, down the screen. Yeah, it was kind of, that was a little distracting at times. But, well, you know, if it's a spider, it's appropriate because it is the Halloween season. So, well, you know, I'll give it that. I'll give it that, too. And, and you know, I mean, honestly, it wasn't really that bad. You know, um, bleached out and all, it, you know, like I said, it's still quite enjoyable. I, I really had a good time watching it. Right on. Well, I'm looking forward to the next one. And uh, well, are you going to stick around? I'm planning on it. If I start falling asleep, I might leave. But okay. I, I, had, I had a cup of coffee. I had a nap. I'm ready for this one. <laughs> right on.
All right, gang, we just got out of the Hollywood Theater. Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed was the second part of the double feature. I got to ask Chris first because he's got a timetable here. He's got a bus to catch. What did you think? Oh, I loved it. Loved it. Okay. Uh, Great film. Great story. Kind of dragged towards the start of the third act. You know, like they were stretching things out a little bit. But still, I mean... The script gave Cushing some great, <laughs> great lines. Oh, my God. Just amazing stuff. When Cushing's off the screen, it does slow down a little bit, but Cushing is just amazing. And I want to get Scott here on the show. He's from, well, you introduced yourself to Chris as the, involved in three different podcasts. I am indeed, yeah. Uh, let's introduce you to the Monster Kid Radio audience. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Scott Woodard. I am the producer and co-host of the G2V podcast, Doctor of the Dead, and Who's Talking? So three podcasts, all pop culture stuff. And you've got a love for Hammer films. Absolutely. Uh, lifelong love, thanks uh-huh. to my my uh, parents, actually. They introduced me to Hammer stuff when I was growing up. So I've been... And when I was a kid, Peter Cushing was my favorite actor, yes. which I think kind of threw a lot of teachers off when I was yes. quite young. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've always been a huge fan. And Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed... Absolutely awesome movie, and uh, I, I think uh, the the winner here is actually Freddie Jones. I think he just steals the show. I think he is a remarkable performance from really? him, and I think he brings so much pathos to the role that it's really quite impressive. But Cushing, yeah, he definitely gets the great one-liners when he just turns to Cameron and says "pack." Oh, I mean, it's, I it's <laughs> yeah, that was classic great stuff. stuff. Yeah, because he's so charming all the way through. It gets her out the door, shuts the door. <laughs> See, I like that, but I also like the, you don't need Anna. Well, I need her to make me coffee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The coffee line was great. Yeah, I need coffee. Anna, coffee. Man's got his priorities. <laughs> so this is the first time viewing for Chris. I'm assuming you've seen these movies before. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Many, many times. And I'm a huge Twins of Evil fan, so... But it's funny when you compare the two uh, back to back. I think the script is so much better in uh, Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed. Obviously, you've got incredible dialogue. But Twins of Evil is just great fun. I mean, there's no denying that. And, of course, it also has two beautiful women to stare at. Uh, The twins are phenomenal. So, uh, But I'm a fan of both of them. I think they're both really great, fun films. I was going to say, just two women in Twins of Evil? There was a whole bevy of <laughs> them at there, that there school. There are a few, yes. There are a few. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I, I agree with you. Um, Frankenstein must be destroyed. Better script. The story moves. Uh, you know, Like I said, I thought it dragged a little bit at the first part of the third act. But Cushing gets great lines. The story does move along. And it's got a lot more emotional involvement in it than Twins of Evil, which was just a straight-up horror flick. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, definitely Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed, the better of the two. Really? Well, what about you? Of the two, you like Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed? You know, before watching them tonight, because it has been a while since I've seen Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed, uh, before watching them tonight, I would have gone more for Twins of Evil, but I actually have to say, walking out of the theater now, I think Frankenstein is a much better film. Wow. Well, it's much better, but I actually have to admit I enjoyed Twins of Evil a little bit more. Um, it's just, a, it's more fun. I mean, there's more going on. And it could be partially the fact that, you know, it's it was the first one up. Um, it was the one that grabs your attention. You know, I mean, I'm not saying Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed is a terrible film or anything. No, it's Absolutely a great, not. great film. But right now I'm going to go with Twins of Evil as being a little more fun, a little more enjoyable. Um, and a lot easier to watch because it, there's nothing to the script. It's just 
vampires come in and kill everybody and <laughs> now we're going to have the gore everybody with pitchforks you know all the stereotypes are hitting that one the, the one really nice thing is that you get two incredibly different performances oh, yeah. from Cushing out of those two movies oh. and both of them are phenomenal I mean uh, of course Twins of Evil he's dark he's uh, you know he's obviously in, in conflict with his, mm-hmm. his faith but then you get this great character in Frankenstein who is Humorous but dark, and as as uh, Dan said, extremely sadistic. Mm-hmm. But these are both great portrayals, and you can see why so many people adore Peter Cushing. He's phenomenal. Yeah, it, you forget that how different his portrayal of Doctor Frankenstein is from the earlier ones. His Doctor Frankenstein's the real monster in this. There's there's no doubt about it. You know, you actually feel for the creation. Hang on, here comes a bus. Not mine. <laughs> okay, good, good. Um, you actually feel for the other doctor. I forget his name. Uh, Owen you know, Clive. Yeah. No, 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 no. The one oh, who had this. the brain surgery yeah, in this. Brandt. Brandt, yes. You feel for Brandt. I mean, he, he knows he's, he's at a point of no return. There's nothing he can do. It, it's over for him. Um, and I do have to admit, the sound of them sawing and drilling, <laughs> whoa, that's nasty stuff. Well, not just the sound, but the movement. Now, I don't know about in this movie, but I know in other Hammer films, when Cushing has to do the Frankenstein thing, they, he insisted on having like a head of lettuce or you know some cabbage or something just underneath the camera frame so that he had something to actually work into. It certainly looked like that in this, too, because right. there's something that gives away every once in a while when he's sawing away. So, uh, you know, to comment on what you were saying, I think Twins of Evil is probably the more vi- visceral film you know it definitely is you know a ride it's fun all the way through but i think frankenstein must be destroyed it's going to be my favorite of the two tonight for the script um i think when cushing's not on screen it's a little more slow but it's still good and i love the music and terrence fisher's the director i love the director oh yeah and the so. colors are beautiful the, the the sets are magnificent the only real quibble i have is did carl seem a little young to be dating anna to anyone else you go carl well, yeah, that's true, but it, it, it was just like, you know, there was there was such an age difference. Yeah. It was kind of like, really? Okay, I'll let it go, but, you know, I mean, it just looked like a bit of a difference, at least to me. Not to say she isn't gorgeous. Sure. She just, Carl looks like he's in the 12th grade. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, this is the first time you've seen these on the big screen? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen a lot of Hammer films on the big screen, or is this kind of like a treat for you? Uh, well, it's a bit of a treat. I mean, I've seen you know a handful, um, but anytime I see them pop up, especially now, I, I take advantage of it. So, oh, yeah. what are some of your favorite Hammer films? I mean, we've never had you on the show, so I'm kind of picking your brain a little bit. I'm being gentle, but uh, you know, boy, it's real tough. You put me on the spot because uh, I would have to actually sort of see some titles in front of me. But uh, any, pretty much any of the Dracula films are great. I mean, anytime you get Christopher Lee and, and Peter Cushing together, it's 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 great stuff. Um, but some of the lesser-known ones, I'm, I'm quite a fan of some of the, the thrillers that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but, my gosh, yeah, there's just so many of them. And you're talking about a huge catalog of films, and I'm just I'm a fan of an enormous number of them. I would have to come back to you on that one. I think the correct answer is, what's your favorite? All of them. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. All of them. There so, are so many great ones. Mm-hmm. How can you choose? Yeah. <laughs> so, Chris, people know that they can find you at The Shadow Over Portland. You mentioned your three podcasts. What are they about? 
Well, uh, the G2V podcast is one that we haven't been doing too much with, but it's sort of our general pop culture podcast. Uh, we've had a lot of interviews and, uh, with some great people over the years. Well, I say over the years, it's only a year and a half old. Uh, Doctor of the Dead is probably the one that's going to be of most interest to people. That's our zombie podcast. Oh uh, and that one is... Uh, <laughs> that one features uh, Dr. Arnold T. Blumberg, who is a world-renowned zombie expert. He actually teaches courses in zombies and pop culture and also comic books. He's been all over the media lately because he's doing a Marvel course at the University of Baltimore next year. So that thing has gotten a lot of press. And he is the doctor of the Doctor of the Dead podcast. And then our third one is Who's Talking, which is a Doctor Who podcast. So that is, that is the three that we're doing right now. I have no time to do any more at this point, but <laughs> that does take up all, a lot of our time. And we basically do, at this point, we're doing two episodes every week. I, I feel you. I do two episodes of Monster Kid Radio, you know, and then I've got my, my monthly Hammer show, so I totally understand, man. i got to get you back on the show, maybe dock some more monsters, man, at some point. Absolutely, yeah, anytime. Huge thanks to Chris McMillan for joining me for this Monster Kid Radio crash. Remember, he is the man behind the Shadow Over Portland, which you can find at shadowoverportland.blogspot.com. Dot com And Scott Woodard, who does the G2V podcast, you can find him at g2vpodcast.com. This is where you're going to find links to all the shows that he's involved with. Or again, follow the link in the show notes. Talk to Scott a little bit more, and it sounds like we're going to have him on the show in the future. At least I'm hoping so. Hoping we can make it happen. He's a busy man producing three different shows. Totally understand. But we'll find a way to make it work. And of course, big thanks to the Hollywood Theater for putting together this awesome double feature. I love going to the Hollywood because they almost only show 35mm films. So when we go out there for an event of some sort for a movie, you know you're going to see the actual film print, which is a slightly different film experience. There's a texture to it. It just sounds different. And it's just flat out cool. So to the guys and gals who run the Hollywood Theater, thank you so much for rocking our Halloween season. Before we get out of here, I want to go ahead and share with you some information about a couple of Kickstarter slash Indiegogo projects. The first one is for a documentary called Kaiju Gaiden. I'm Mark Adamio, one of the producers of Kaiju Gaiden. Kaiju Gaiden is the culmination of years of research by myself and David Hall concerning independent filmmakers and their respective projects, many of which have languished in obscurity for years. Hi, my name is David Hall, director and producer of Kaiju Gaiden. Mark and I teamed up and have been working for the past two years to bring you this documentary. We are asking fans and donors to contribute to production that is already planned and which interviews are already prearranged. If you take a look at our Kickstarter page below, you will see that we have a list of many exclusive items for participating in this experience, such as Posters, lobby cards, figures. You can have your name in the thank you section and even be listed as a producer on the film. Our intent is to pay tribute to the filmmakers who have put their heart and soul into preserving the genre of traditional tokusatsu films. These works deserve to be seen and appreciated by fans worldwide. Kaiju Gaiden is the first time the world will see footage from these films. It's the documentary that will tell the true story behind these filmmakers and their independent kaiju and tokusatsu productions. Kaiju Gaiden is a project of unprecedented ambition. It is part of an ongoing task to track down, catalog, and promote 
independent kaiju and tokusatsu films and their creators. This is an effort to preserve these works, which I see as having significant historical value in the chronology of motion pictures. Every contribution you give matters. Please help us raise the money to release this film and to usher back in the kaiju era. This Kickstarter campaign gives everyone an opportunity to become part of this milestone project and part of tokusatsu history. Head over to Kickstarter and look up Kaiju Gaiden or follow the link in the show notes to learn how you can help support this documentary, which is basically about fan films over in Japan. Kaiju fan films. I mean, how cool is that? I want to see this documentary, and I think you guys and gals are going to want to see it as well. So go check that out. You know, as of this recording, they only have like four or five days left, and they still have a little while to go. So go help them out if you can. Tell them Monster Kid Radio sent you. But if Kaiju isn't your thing... How about Ed Wood? A story must be told. And what better way to tell a story than with music? Dancing. Flying saucers. A mad scientist. A giant killer octopus. Zombies. And of course, men in drag. And now for the first time, we are bringing to you the full story of what happened. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about... Ed Wood, the musical. My friends, with a riotous script and a brilliant eclectic score by award-winning composer Rick Tell, we can finally bring the true story of Ed Wood to life on the musical stage. Meet Ed's incredible friends, the amazing Criswell, the voluptuous Vampira, 400-pound Swedish wrestler Tor Johnson, wacky Paul Marco, the regally flamboyant Bunny Breckenridge, and of course... Horror movie legend, <laughs> Bela Lugosi. Hi there, my name is Jesse Merlin, and I'm here to talk to you about Ed Wood the Musical today. I think it's an extraordinary show. The songs are fantastic, the script is tight. It's a really interesting story uh, that has never fully been told. People may know the movie Ed Wood, they may know some of his films, but the human story and the characters around him are so rich that it's, uh, unless you're an expert or a buff, it's an untold story and it's a fascinating one. Rick Tell, the composer, uh, is an extraordinarily talented guy and has the ability to write songs that fit the character of Wood, the character of Eddie, and his, his, his time, the time in which he was producing films and also the people around him. So, um, thanks for your time. Give this some thought. This is an extraordinary project, and uh, when you get to see it, you'll know exactly what I mean. Look up Ed Wood the Musical at Indiegogo.com, or again, follow the link in the show notes, and you'll see how you can help support this musical project. I've listened to a lot of the music. In fact, I've been given permission to play some of it right here. Tonight's the night, the theater's packed Plan 9's about to start 
I've sacrificed, I've worked so hard, gave all my soul, my heart. The critics always pan me, they just don't understand me. How can I make my mark if they won't accept my art? I had a dream, I'd see my name in lights. That music is by Rick Tell, and there are 21 tracks available at the Ed Wood the Musical SoundCloud page. I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes to that, so you can check that out. How awesome would it be to see a musical, a stage version of the Ed Wood story? So go check out Ed Wood the Musical at Indiegogo.com, and again, let them know that MKR sent you their way. To claim my share of fame Wells had his citizen Cain Plan 9 from outer space Shall bring me critical acclaim That's going to do it for this episode of Monster Kid Radio. I want to thank everybody for listening. Remember, if you want to listen to music and sounds from classic monster movies between episodes, check out our Live 365 internet radio station. Here you're going to find music from various soundtrack albums, film scores from monster movies. Some of them we've even covered here on the show, and some of them we probably will in the future. You're also going to hear the occasional radio spot or movie trailer because it's just darn cool to throw that kind of stuff in there. Now, Live 365 is advertiser driven so you are going to hear the occasional ad while you're listening to the monster kid radio station it's not too obtrusive but if you want to get rid of the ads live 365 does make it possible for you to become a premium member it does cost something i'm not a premium member and i still enjoy the radio station but if you want to become a premium member we'll do it while you're listening to monster kid radio because we get like a referral credit or something like that Go to live365.com and do a search for Monster Kid Radio. Or again, follow the links over at monsterkidradio.net. I know I said I wanted to get out of here, but before I do that, I want to go ahead and mention the wiki drive that we've got going here on Monster Kid Radio. We kind of soft launched this wiki drive a few weeks ago. The intention here is to get more classic monster movie material on Wikipedia. If you are a Wikipedia user or know how to type or create wiki speak or wiki code and you hear something interesting or discover something interesting about one of your favorite monster movies, either here at Monster Kid Radio or in a monster magazine or some other podcast or website, I encourage you to go and update Wikipedia with that information because really, our classic monster movies, they're woefully underrepresented over there. I figure if we can have the life story of various professional wrestlers from the WWE, we can have a synopsis or two from one of our favorite films, right? For an example, check out the listing for Destination Inner Space. One of our listeners did go ahead and start making some updates to that movie's Wikipedia entry. So, again, if you're a Wikipedia user or feel wiki-curious, go check that out. All right. I am really out of here this time. Next week on Monster Kid Radio, we're going to get back to the MKR formula where we talk about a specific movie. Now, I've got two recordings scheduled 
as of this recording. I don't know which one is going to be run next week. You're just going to have to come back to find out for yourself. In the meantime, remember that Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported license. Of course, that doesn't apply to the song, Oh No, More Bats. That belongs to Aaron and the Burrs. It's on their album, Release the Bats. You can find them at aaronandtheburrs.bandcamp.com. If you go over there and buy the album, let them know that Monster Kid Radio sent you. We'll talk to everybody here next week. (laughs) 